Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to the Friday Shooterette, your K-State basketball show. Presented by Booth Creek Wagyu. Now let's go to the Flint Hills, home of GPC's Hidden Studio. Here's your host, Ryan Gilbert. Seven games remaining on the schedule in Big 12 play for Kansas State. One game that will break down here on the Friday shoot-around, a road loss at BYU. Wildcats did not have a midweek game this week, so just one game to break down here with, uh, with Clint. Before we get things going, though, a quick message from our sponsor, Booth Creek Wagyu. From the tailgate to the back deck, remember to elevate your grilling this season with our friends from Booth Creek Wagyu. Their ranch is located just north of Manhattan and proudly raises authentic Wagyu beef from farm to table. Visit their retail locations in Manhattan and Overland Park or online at boothcreekwagyu.com. Clint, I don't think this is the first time we've had a game that maybe you don't love to talk about and break down, but that's what we're here for. We've got to, we've got to talk about what went wrong for Kansas state and Provo all the way back on Saturday. If you can think back to that far, but uh, quit just your thoughts from that loss. K state had a nice start day to Ames got going, but then things fell apart pretty quickly for the Wildcats. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, Danny Ames, he came out and he was obviously ready to play and it was good to see him uh, kind of kickstart us uh, offensively, uh, be able to shoot the basketball and, and also get, get some layups. Um, you know, but, but then I thought, you know, defensively, you know, I think we had some breakdowns uh, in transition, uh, allowed BYU to kind of get out and, and run, you know, and they didn't make many outside shots in the first half, you know, which, which is what they're, they're known for. I mean, they have multiple guys talk, we talked about that can make shots. Uh, I think maybe one of their, their, their big guys kind of got them started by, by making an outside one. Um, and then obviously second half, you know, that they, they were able to make shots. So, you know, we're playing, and catch up and and even when we were getting ourselves back in the game um, they kind of held us at bay by 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 making the right play at the right time you know and so um, you know it's a game that you know I, I think if we shoot it a little bit better you know you think about our top top two scorers and, and Perry and and, uh, and and Cam Carter um, they went one for 14 from three um, you know and, and that you know that doesn't happen a lot you know and, and obviously we know we need them scoring the basketball and, and, and not that they didn't do a good job doing that but I know they both know they can shoot better than one for 14 combined so um, they make a few of those and then like I said it could be a different basketball game but unfortunately um, you know it just didn't fall that way. 
K-State was down by nine at the break, and you mentioned it. BYU had only hit two three-pointers in that first half. And so, you know, that's that's kind of your time to not build a lead, but uh, build a lead, right? That's when you got to be up and take advantage when BYU's not doing what they do best. And obviously in the second half, we saw the Cougars start to put the ball through the net. Turnovers remain a huge issue. I'm sure we can break down that sort of aspect later on when we look at TCU. But, you know, turnovers are not going away. Um, you look at the end of that BYU game, though. I think it was around the seven-minute mark when K-State finally started to turn things around and claw back into that game. And Jerome Tang mentioned it on Thursday in his press conference with the media that that was sort of the game plan playing against BYU. Okay, give yourself a chance late because K-State felt, this was in their eyes, that they had a chance to maybe out uh, outlast BYU and have a little bit more strength at the end of the game. And we did see that, you know, Jerome Tang wasn't wrong. The game plan necessarily wasn't wrong. It was just too little too late for Kansas State to come back in that one. Um, they got it down to, what, two points, right, Clint? And then, uh, you know, you got to commend the last seven minutes up until about the one-minute mark or so. And then <laughs> a couple plays where, you know, maybe it was BYU that executed well. Maybe it was K-State that made the mistakes. But um, at the end, K-State couldn't get over the hump. But they were there. Yeah, you know, and it, was, it was good to see, you know, last five minutes, you know, you, we, 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 you know, we, we talk about how, how good K-State operates in overtime and, and working on the last five minutes of the game. And then and, and obviously last five minutes, we scored the ball uh, at a very high rate. I thought we were playing a little bit faster. Um, I think our defense kind of picked up, so we're getting, getting stops, um, which allowed us, uh, you know, to take a, I don't know, it was like 16-point deficit, 14-point deficit, and get right back in the game and have a chance to win in the end, you know. But I thought there were two critical plays in the end where we needed um, to make a play, and unfortunately, uh, BYU did did a better job of making the play. Um, you know, one one was they ran some stagger action uh, for Jackson Robinson, who, who we mentioned is, is you know one of their better players, and is it's action that they ran earlier in the game two or three times, um, and then late in the game we got lost on it, and uh, unfortunately he was able to knock down the three. Uh, I think um, Gasson kind of got you know wasn't aware of kind of what was happening, where he was uh, where he was going, unfortunately, and so uh, that was a really big play uh, late in the game, and then um, there was another one where you know it's a three point game, and, and we need a stop. Um, the clock's, you know, winding down and we just got to communicate better. There's kind of a, a ball screen and Kaluma and uh, Cam Carter didn't communicate really well. And, and then it led to a wide open layup, you know, and it's like, hey, we just need one stop here, you know. And so that's where the communication has to be uh, at a very high rate. And, um, you know, and, and guys have to be locked in to helping each other out so we can get that stop and give us an opportunity to go down and, and score it on the other end. So it's unfortunate. You know, it's a tough Talked about it's a tough environment. It's tough to win on the road. Um, breakdowns are going to happen. Um, you know, you just wish that it didn't happen at, at the time it did. Is that maybe a little frustrating, though, given a team that puts so much pride in those late game situations? Five to grind. You know, this should have been a nice opportunity maybe for K-State not to win it in regulation, but just tie it up and go to overtime and then win it there. Yeah, you know, it, it is. And especially because I thought, you know, offensively, like I said, we were playing so well and we were getting the stops that we needed, you know, kind of up until that point. Um, you know, but it, it might have been, you know, just like running out of gas. and We had to expend so much energy uh, just to get back in the game late. And, and, you know, sometimes when you spend uh, all that energy and it comes down to, you know, a couple plays or two at, at the very end, um, guys are a little bit tired. Uh, and so uh, it becomes a little bit harder to, to lock in, to, to talk and communicate or, or to, to do the job that needs to be done to get the stop. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, if we didn't have to expend all that energy, maybe maybe they're a little bit more aware of what's going on and, and able to get that stop. So, um, you know, it was, it was a good fight. It was, it was, it was great to see that we battled back and got back into it. But, um, you know, we wish that we didn't have to get down so much to, to have to expend so much energy there at the end. 
is this a good example of just what it is like to play on the road? I don't think, like, with all due respect to BYU, that's a winnable game. Um, just given the roster that they have, I know they're tough and physical and they're old. They got old dudes on that team. But <laughs> K-State, yeah, this one was right there for them. I think that playing on the road might have been one of the biggest reasons K-State lost. Yeah, you know, and, and as you mentioned, I mean, BYU had some, you know, they have some veteran guys, you know, and um, you, know, you could see um, – you know, inside their post guys, and I, I, I kind of call it. It's, it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, playing in, in a church league where, where you're playing with some old guys that maybe not, maybe not be as athletic, or, or but, but they have the footwork down, and they just kind of know how to use their body to, to score the basketball, and, um, you know, and they kind of combat all the athleticism, you know, with their awareness, with their smarts, IQ, and and their and their footwork, you know, and I think we saw some of that with with BYU's guys, especially their post guys, and. Uh, but it was, it was a winnable game, you know, and, and it's one in the Big 12. We're now 10th uh, in, in, in the Big 12. Um, you know, th that's one that I know we'll look back on and be like, man, that we, we could have had that one, you know. So, uh, unfortunately, we can't change the past, so we got to go uh, look towards the future. Like I said, in the next game's T TCU, and uh, got to figure out a way to uh, go 1-0, you know, 1-0, protect home, and then hopefully we can do that. The one that really is going to hurt K-State on Selection Sunday, whether they're, you know, it's a 9 or a 10 seed or if that's, you know, on the bubble, if they're in or out, doesn't matter. They're going to look back at that Texas Tech loss on the road, up by, I think, eight points with three minutes left. So this BYU one, you know, that's one that you would like to have stolen on the road, but this is not the first time this has happened. You know, down in Lubbock, K-State's had a couple opportunities for Quadrant 1 victories, and they're coming up just short, not able to execute at the end, Clint. But I want to switch gears here to the starting five, and this is now three games that we've had to to look at it and see how it is and how it performs. Obviously, you know, Will McNair and David Gasson are still getting a lot of minutes. And so, you know, the overall, that pie that you like to talk about, Clint, that's not changing. People are still getting their minutes. But to come out of the gate, Dede Ames and Jerrell Colbert have now been out there for three straight games. How do you how do you view that new starting five? Yeah, well, I think, you know, like so with Ames, and Ames came out really well against BYU. I think just he brings a lot of energy um, at the guard position. I um, mean, he's quick with the basketball, and uh, for the most part, he makes good decisions, you know. And so um, as he continues to, to be able to, to even knock down, you know, open shots, that's really just going to help on unlock, um, I think, other players as well. And, and Gasson has been great coming off the bench. Um, you know, I think he's maybe third in the Big 12 or, you know, he's top five in the Big 12 in rebounding and right right at seven a game, um, you know. And, and, and so he's been active which has been really, really good and gives us a punch, you know, coming off the bench. And this is linked um, coming off the bench, I think, is really important for us. Um, and so, and, and same with uh, McNair, you know, he, he comes off and he, he did a good job of rebounding the basketball uh, this last game. I think he had 10, 10 against BYU. And so um, as long as those guys are coming in and producing, you know, I, I think it's it's obviously a, a good situation. Now, if you get into a situation where, um, you know, they're not playing well off the bench and then maybe they, they, you know, they play better as starters, then I'm sure Coach Tang would, would obviously look at that. But um, I, I like the lineup. I, I like, you know, like I said, Data Ames just gives us another um, quick guard um, who, who can penetrate, get in, get to the rim, make plays, um, and, and hopefully get us off to a fast start. Joel Colbert, I don't think he scored a point in the last two games, but he's still like, – overall, I think he maybe took a step back against BYU, but his production, his rim protection, that energy is really what you like to see from him. And then as far as Ames, uh, let's switch gears here and just talk globally the future of K-State basketball. Is he that point guard for the future of this program, or is that a guy like David Castillo, who I know maybe could play the one or the two? Um, R.J. Jones is capable of running the point as well as being a sharpshooter at the two. Um, so – Taking a step back here, just overall, 
Where do you see that future of the guard, the point guard position next year for Kansas State? Well, I, I think it's in good hands, and 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 that's what's exciting about it, um, you know. And especially as uh, you know, Ames is is able to show that he can make make shots from the outside. Um, you know, you know, David coming in, David can shoot the basketball at, at a high clip. Um, he can make plays. Um, you know, and, and what you're seeing with with K State and with Ames and Perry is is, is Tang's Tang isn't. Uh, he isn't concerned with, with starting, you know, two smaller guards. And so um, you look at next year in the future with Ames and, and, and David and Castillo and, and whoever else they, they bring in, right? And, and then obviously with, mm-hmm. with R.J. Jones and then his ability to shoot the basketball and uh, play athletically and, and things. And so it, it's in good hands, you know, I think from a guard position, um, you know, that'll be good. Probably still want to bring in one or two veteran guards uh, that have a little bit more experience. I think that'll probably be important. Um, but as, as a K-State uh, alum, I, you know, I'm, I'm excited about the future and excited about uh, the, the team in general. How much of the turnover issue for this team lies on the, the point guard play, bluntly put? Well, you know, I, I think it's it's there, there's some there, but I, I think across the board, we just haven't taken care of the basketball, you know, and, and, yeah. and um, you know, across the board, you know, I, I think we just kind of get sloppy with it. Sometimes we, we press a little bit uh, when, when maybe we can make the easier play. Um, you, you know, but a lot of it, some of it's just, it's self-inflicted, you know, I think, uh, you know, our guys just, just kind of not locked into the possession, you know, offensively, um, that, that we need to be, you know, and you look at where we're at from a turnover perspective, I think we're, we're 338, you know, uh, out of about 360 division one teams, which uh, that's not a good place to be, um, you know, and so, um, you know, we're averaging, you know, 15, 16 turnovers a game and then last in the big 12, um, you know, that's it's very concerning, and especially considering, you know, teams that we're going to face, you know, as we mentioned, TCU uh, coming up on uh, on Saturday, you know, they do a really good job of creating turnovers, getting out in transition. And, and you know, so, you know, at this point in time, you know, we're, we're you know, where we're at in the season, I, I think from a turnover perspective, what we see is, you know, we kind of, you know who you are now, right? I mean, we played enough games to where there, there's not going to be a lot of changes that are going to be made, um, you know, and so, um, you know, obviously we still want to take care of the basketball and emphasize that and try to cut that down. And, and some of the things I know Tang does in practice um, really emphasizes like turnover, not turning the basketball over, um, you know, but we're at this part of the season where the, that's kind of going to be where, where we are. I mean, if we cut it down, it's not going to go from 16 to, to eight. I mean, it's going to go from <laughs> 16 to 14. Right. And so, um, you know, we're going to have to figure out a way to, to make sure that those turnovers are not live ball ones and, and giving the other team opportunities to go score it. Um, so hopefully we can get our defense set, which has been playing really well. And that's the thing. I think K-State's like nine games in a row with 14 or more turnovers or something like that. Um, so you don't have to make wholesale changes because K-State's been in, most of these games within a possession or two late. And so, yeah, you don't have to cut the turnovers in half. You know, if you can get one or two of those bad plays eliminated here and there, that w- that can be ultimately what makes the difference getting over the hump and winning these games. Yeah, it can be. And and just the, the, the timing of those turnovers can also be critical, you know. Right. And so, um, you know, just, just making sure that, um, you know, coaches, most coaches, you know, they, we like aggressive turnovers, right? But if someone's trying to make a play, they're aggressively going towards the rim and, and maybe, you know, the ball kind of goes out of their hands or they aggressively go to the rim. They try to make a pass to the corner and just, it's just not, um, you know, on the line as it should be. You know, th- those are ones that, that – 
most coaches can can live with. You know, obviously, you don't want to do that every single time. Um, it's just kind of the nonchalant ones that, that we don't like, right? When you're you're kind of passively dribbling the basketball or just you know unsure what you're doing and, and, and throwing the basketball into a passing lane. Um, you know, those are the ones that, that we have to cut down and, and and not allow the other team to to get out and go. So. Um, you know, we want our, want the guys to always be aggressive and think aggressively, you know, especially our main guys. We talk about Perry and Kaluma and, and Carter. Um, you know, those guys have to score. So they're going to be trying to drive the basketball and trying to make plays. And, and unfortunately, that means they're going to turn the ball over some. Um, you know, like I said, just want to make sure they're, they're aggressive turnovers. TCU coming up on Saturday and then Monday, of course, is Texas on the road. We'll break down those games here after a quick break on the Friday shoot-around. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the show. Let's head back to the studio. 11 a.m. We had 9 o'clock on the road at BYU. Now we've got to get up early. And I think the biggest takeaway for me was, Clint, honestly, I could never live on the East Coast. You know, how late that game was for us in central time. That's an hour later uh, if you're living o- over in the East Coast. But before we break down this, this TCU game, a quick message from our sponsor, Booth Creek Wagoo. From the tailgate to the back deck, remember to elevate your grilling this season with our friends from Booth Creek Wagoo. Their ranch is located just north of Manhattan and proudly raises authentic Wagoo beef from farm to table. Visit their retail locations in Manhattan and Overland Park or online at boothcreekwagoo.com. I don't want to say this is a game that you must win because there's still a lot of basketball left. There's a lot of quadrant one opportunities left. So you don't have to win this one, but you lose it. You're five and seven. You know, this was another home game that you would have let slip away if you lose. And so this seems like a game where Kansas State, you know, you win it. I know we've said this a couple times, but... This, this is one of those games that you win it, you get the ball rolling. This could be one that sparks momentum heading into that latter portion of conference play. Yeah, I, I agree there. Uh, but I, I will say it's a must win. I, I think we have to protect <laughs> the home court. Um, you know, we have to win at, at home against TCU. We have to come out and play well. Um, our guys have to be energized. Um, you know, this is one that, that like I said, we, we don't want to drop because we've got to go on the road at, at Texas. And and even though I think we can play well there, um, you, know, um, you know, you don't want to get behind the eight ball. And so – um, with dropping the one at BYU, um, and we haven't played well on the road uh, in the Big 12 or 1-5, you know, so so this is one that we, we're going to need. You know, we, we need our guys to come out and, and, and figure out a way to win, you know, by, by any means necessary, whatever we have to do, uh, lay it all on the line, um, go out there, play well, play hard, play together. Um, you know, we got to got to rebound the basketball, have to try to limit our turn- turnovers to the best of our ability, especially those nonchalant ones, um, so we can make shots. And then guys got to be locked into making shots. You know, it's not a game that we can uh, go shoot four for 28 from three and expect to win. I mean, we're going to have to make some shots. Um, and if we can do that, then, um, you know, then we should be sitting in, in, in the right position towards the end of the game. But I think it's one, Nick said, we, we can't drop this one at home, uh, especially um, because we haven't played well on the, on the road uh, or haven't won on, on the road very much. And so we, we really do need this one. So TCU actually commits 12.9 turnovers a game. 
And so they rank 257th in the country, but as far as forcing turnovers to the opponent, right? TC, that's where Kansas State's going to be challenged here. Um, they're actually number 53 in the country with a plus 2.4 turnover margin. K-State's at minus 2.8, right? That shows you how they can turn you over. Uh, steals per game, they're 18th in the country with 9.2. K-State only gets 6.5. So that's perhaps the biggest storyline of this game is taking care of the basketball and also forcing TCU into turnovers because they've shown they can be prone to giving away the basketball. Yeah, they can be, you know, but I think on our end, you know, we're really going to have to keep them out of uh, transition. You know, they're first in the country and, and fast break points. Um, so that's how they get going. You know, they're, they they like to force turnover, turnovers, get out and run or even off of uh, a missed shots, you know, outlet and push the basketball uh, and try to get easy uh, opportunities at the rim. Um, so, you know, if we can, like I said, not have those live ball turnovers and, and make them have to score the basketball through our defense, which, which has been really, really good, um, I, I believe number one ranked in three-point field goal percentage in the Big 12, uh, one of the top you know defenses in the Big 12, then I think TCU will have a hard time scoring. But if we allow them to get out in transition, allow them to push the basketball, and then they get confidence, and then they start making some shots, uh, you know, we can be in for uh, a very tough game, you know, down the stretch. So uh, we just got to be ready. Got to be ready from the very beginning. And, and like I said, and, and hopefully defensively, if we're active, you know, I think, um, you know, we can, we can definitely turn them over and get some easy opportunities ourselves. You talk about getting out in transition, though. Like, two can play at that game, right? Like, you, you go back to last season at Texas, K-State scored like 116 points in regulation because they just went up and down the court. And that was a road game. K-State was able to win. You know, I don't know. You'd have to go back and look at Texas last year. But K-State was okay with just getting up and not really setting up an offense, but just going out and scoring, getting out in transition that game. Um, could that be something on the table for Kansas State? Because I think when you're – you know, I think the offense has come a little ways since that little lull they had earlier about a month ago. Um, but that's such an easy way to just steal points, right, is to get out and transition when your offense, when your sets maybe aren't working the way you want them to, to get out and find an outlet pass. I'm, you know, I'm not saying cherry pick, but if that's, you know, we're talking about church leagues, right, you know, maybe steal one from those and just throw it down the court, right? Getting out and transition, two, two can play that game. Yeah, well, well I'll, t- I'll tell you, uh, you know, when you, when you have, you know, last year you have Marquise Noel, yeah, you, you better not slow him down. Go. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. um, but, but, you know, I think we do have guys that can get out and push it. I think, uh, you know, Carter has shown, you know, he's, he's good in an open transition and getting to the rim and scoring the basketball and using his athleticism at the rim. You know, Perry has shown that, that he's, um, you know, a good knockdown shooter, especially in transition, you know, if he can get that early shot. Uh, which would be good. Obviously, Kaluma, we know he can go score at the rim. And so um, that could that could help us as well, you know, and, and not have to play against their set defense um, if we can get out and push it early. And our bigs got to run. You know, they got they got to run rim to rim um, and maybe uh, put some pressure. You know, a lot, a lot of times it gets lost in, in the game is uh, with the bigs. Is they, they, they run rim, rim to rim, and maybe they don't get the ball, and so they might get discouraged in it. But what they don't realize is that puts pressure on the rim and flattens out the defense. You know, And the quicker you can flatten out the defense, then it makes it easier for the guards to then penetrate, which then they can go score it or then find the big you know, and dump off. So, um, you know, like I said, I think we can definitely take advantage of that, and uh, hopefully we'll be looking for those opportunities. We've done this on the show many times. When you got a two-game stretch coming up uh, for K-State here, do you just – Maybe you want to go one and one. Is that the goal? Is that what you're happy with here for Kansas State? Well, uh, yeah, 
like I said, I, I think the game against TCU on Saturday is a must win. I think we really do need it. Uh, we need to go one and zero on that one, um, and, and then we can focus on Texas. I think Texas is a a team that that's beatable. I think if we go in there with the right mindset, you know, and don't, um, you know, hopefully we're not too banged up from the TCU game, so our, so our guys are are feeling good and have the balance to, to their step that they're going to need to go perform well on the road. Um, I, I think we can go two and zero, you know, and and so um, that's obviously the goal. You know, if we, if we come out one and one. I'm not sure where that would kind of you know leave us in, in the pecking order right now. The Big 12, I said right now we're sitting at that tenth, but um, you know we, we need to move up a little bit. So um, you know I think it's two winnable games, you know, but but we got to make sure we're with the right mindset. If we don't have the right mindset, you know, obviously things can can, can go south pretty quickly. So uh, hopefully our guys are ready. You mentioned it though. The focus right now is on TCU, and Jerome Singh mentioned that on Thursday that you know it, he he thinks that we all think it's a cliche, but this team treats every game like it's its one season. Uh, you, know, you know, go one and zero in practice in the film study in the game, and so you know, me and you right here, Clint, we can talk about that Texas game, but that's not even on the mind of this team right now. Um, they want to go one and zero, and then go one and zero against Texas, right? So, yeah, that, that, that's that's always been the mindset, right? Is, is what's next, and what's next is TCU, and, and that's at home and protecting home court, and and also you know, anytime you play at home, you want to play well for the community and for the fans to come out and, and pay their money to come watch the team, right? And so, um, you know, you, you got to put on a show, um, you know, for, for, for them, and hopefully our guys are locked into doing that. And if we can do that, then then we'll move on to Texas and then move on to on the road. It's a quick turnaround, um, you know, and then flying out there. I'm sure we'll probably leave right after the game uh, on, on Saturday, um, you know, get down there sometime Saturday night uh, to have, uh, you know, preparation on Sunday and then play Monday. So um, two games, you know, it's one and no against TCU and then we'll move on to the next one. So K-State played on Saturday against BYU. You have five days off. And so, yeah, it may be unfortunate that you got to go on the road on Monday, a short turnaround, but you know, you mentioned it, Clint, they should have fresh legs. Um, hopefully you're not banged up, knock on wood that no injuries happen in that TCU game. But you know, this is – it lined up nicely. You know, you have a quick turnaround, but you should be fresh. You know, overall, K-State, I think, had a few days off. Jerome Singh said that they always have, like, one day off a week. That's what he wants to do for his players, for his staff, stuff like that. So, he said the first practice back on – that would have been Wednesday was maybe a little rough, but practice yesterday on Thursday, he said they were, they were much better locked in, um, got the rust out of them. And so, they should be well-rested here, not only for this game against TCU, not only against – Texas on the road, but going down the stretch, these final seven games, K-State, I think this was a much needed break and maybe perhaps a reset um, over this final stretch. Yeah, and it'll be good. And, and because we'll play Saturday and Monday, and then I believe we'll play again to the following Saturday. Um, and so, yep. um, you know, it'll be, you know, two games that are in a row, but then you'll have another, you know, five five days off, right, to, to kind of rest up that, that needs to be rested up and, and prepare for the next one. So, um, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll be good down the stretch and, and, and a little bit of the, the off time um, that we do get, that we did get this week and that we will get next week uh, can hopefully help us just kind of reset uh, and, and focus in on what it is that we need to do to go finish strong in, in the Big 12 regular season and prepare us for the Big 12 tournament and then, and like I said, hopefully the NCAA tournament as well. I'm not sure, Clint, how much you have looked at the overall resume for Kansas State, but Jerome Tang's been, you know, he's he said that nine wins for any Big 12 team is deserving to get to the NCAA tournament. Um, and he he doubled down on his in his press conference on Thursday that nine wins, you know, maybe even a team with seven or eight wins is going to be able to get in. I don't know how much you've looked at the overall resume, but it just doesn't necessarily look as good as maybe we once thought it did, especially when you look at the non-conference, the USC loss just doesn't look good. The Miami 
loss. You know, the Hurricanes aren't as good as we thought they would be. The wins over Providence and Villanova, neither one of those are quadrant ones. And so, yeah, if you win nine games in the Big 12, that is certainly an impressive – it's impressive to do. And I'm not saying – I'm not disagreeing with Jerome Tang, but when you look at it, you know, K-State's not even on the bubble right now. They're not even on that next four out. You know, you look at bracketology, they've got some work to do. So do you think that, that nine wins is going to be able to get K-State in? Well, I, I think, um, you know, it might be nine wins and, and a win in the Big 12 tournament, um, you know, or, or a win or two, which I think is very doable as well. Yeah. Um, you know, but um, like I said, some, some of the wins we've had, you know, or I should say some of the losses we've had are, you know, early on don't, don't look as, as good as we would have hoped they would have looked um, at this point in time in the season. But um, I think what's, what's been consistent and, and hopefully the NCAA committee can, can see this. I mean, the big 12 is, it's, it's, it's the toughest conference in, in, in America. And, and, you know, we have um, a lot of parity in the conference. Um, you know, when you, when you look at uh, some of our top teams and, and, and the losses they've had, um, you know, within the conference, and it just shows that any, any given night, um, you know, any team can beat any team. And so um, I believe it's the toughest conference. And, and, and so hopefully that, that'll play well for us. You know, if we get to nine wins, you know, I, I would think out of 14 teams, we at least get seven or eight in, um, you know, so that's kind of the goal. You know, right now we're sitting at 10, so we have work to do, you know, but um, if we can get to that eight spot, then, the, you know, and then like I said, also win a game or two in the Big 12 tournament, then I think we'll be good. Is that where you want to be as a program, needing to win in Kansas City? And I'm not, you know, especially when you lose Naquan Tomlin and Quez Glover's out for the year. That's kind of just the circumstances of the season. But uh, do you think deep down Jerome Tang expected more out of this bunch, or is that kind of where they want to be, just try to get to nine games, win in Kansas City, and sneak into the tournament? Well, yeah, I think when you start the season and you have Tomlin and you're and you're looking forward to having Glover, um, you, you know, it, it's a very different feel um, and, and expectation that, that you have as a staff. Um, then obviously losing Tomlin and, and Glover not being able to play, um, you know, you just kind of have to reset expectation. But it, it doesn't mean that, um, you know, from a mindset perspective that, oh, well, now we lost those two guys. We can't know. We're, we're still, you know, we're going to figure out a way to go do it. And, and, and other guys are going to have to step up and, and play well. And, 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 and obviously we had some young guys get, you know, thrust into the to lineups that especially early on that, that maybe they wouldn't have gotten, um, you know. And, and so the expectation really, you know, even though, you know, it might um, – change a little bit based upon you know what we thought we had the expectation of making the tournament that 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 has never changed it's you know we're going to figure out what the guys we have have and we're going to we're going to go do it you know so um you know i think you know the ultimate goal is to get in the tournament once you get in the tournament anything can happen you know we, we saw that last year right we got in and then obviously made it to the lead eight and no one had us in, in the lead eight but unless you know you're you're a k-state fan or a k-state alum right so um you, you know it's just we got to figure out a way to get in and then to do that we got to win some basketball games down the stretch we have the guys that can do it we have the experience they can do it uh, with some of our older guys uh, with Kaluma and, and Cam Carter and, and, and Perry, um, you know, but we have to get them all playing well at the right time. And then we have to make some shots and obviously we got to get stops, continue to get stops defensively. You know, what we can't have happen is, is, you know, kind of what happened against BYU where, you know, we have Carter and, and Perry both go one for 14. I mean, it's going to be hard for us to win if those guys, um, you know, are, aren't on par with, with their shooting and, and shooting the ball, you know, as well as they know they can, as well as we, we need them to. Um, so, you know, as long as those guys can be locked in and make some shots from the outside, I think everything else will take care of itself. Okay, Clint, we'll wrap it up with this. Put you on the spot here. Does Kansas State make the NCAA tournament or not? Yes. Book it. We're, we're, we're going to get in. So, at the, like I said, this it's a big game on, on Saturday. Uh, we're going to take care of business at home, go 1-0. 
Uh, that'll prepare, prepare us, uh, propel us into Monday against Texas. And, and like I said, I think we have a good shot at winning that basketball game. Um, you know, we do that and then we'll get some rest and uh, we'll play well down the stretch. So we'll, we'll be in. It is a must-win game on Saturday, according to the former K-State guard, Clint Stewart. Should be a lot of fun. And then, of course, K-State plays Texas on Monday on the road in Austin. That one coming up at 8 o'clock Central. Clint, appreciate your time. As always, man, hopefully we're breaking down some wins. If not, if K-State loses, we'll break down what went wrong for the Wildcats. Um, Clint, appreciate your time. As always, we'll talk to you next week, man. All right. Sounds good. This has been a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. Please support this show by subscribing to this YouTube channel or follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.